welcome to the 297th edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. In Nashville, Tennessee, I'm Matt Perkins. And a flash screen across the Harpeth River, here in the Music City, it's our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton. What up, Matt? Uh, we'll be doing a lot of that, hopefully, on Friday when we travel down to Tullahoma and try to ruin their homecoming. Um, and if you don't know, now you know. All right. Well, now you know. Uh, well, we can't get started without the third amigo in the second city, a man who is using his new Promethean board to scheme up better offensive plays than Brian Ferentz. It's our intrepid blogger from Big Ten and Counting, Josh Cook. Hey, hang on, you guys. One second. Aaron Judge is about to do something to baseball. Hang on. <laughs> oh, wait, he struck out again. <laughs> no, not 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 as what not as Clemson has hits the go ahead score. Not at all. No, what's the point? <laughs> DJ Ungulay back to pass and the wind and deliver the one to the <laughs> Joe Judge. Joe, no, Judge, if Joe Judge. If Joe Judge is batting for the Yankees, they they have a serious problem. Yeah, they've gotten way down on the depth chart. And a one-two pitch to Aaron Judge, ball two, and we go back to Clemson. Touchdown! Oh my God! <laughs> uh, shout out to the South Carolina uh, media team. If you guys I, haven't seen this yet, the, it's incredible. The, the South Carolina, South Carolina tweeted out the like best entrance in the sport, and it's it's cocky getting ready during the 2001 Space Odyssey theme, and they're about to run out. And right as the team's about to run out, they have Air Judge pop on the screen. And they're like, and the two-one pitch to Judge. Oh, it's Joe Judge, so not Aaron Judge. No, not, not even. Not even. Not, that was even. even a bigger error. All right. Well, uh, if you're gambling on MLB, you guys should know that the place to do it is BetOnline.ag. Uh, whether it's MLB, NHL, uh, NFL or especially college football, you guys know that betonline.ag is the place for all of your sports wagering needs. Uh, BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting to props, futures, and more. So head on over to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V, Five zero to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, well, guys, we will go ahead and get right into talking about Week Four. Um, and I want to start in Winston Salem, where uh, we saw a barn burner of a game. Clemson came out on top, fifty-one to forty-five. Uh, the big surprise, guys, was that the fact was the fact that we saw the DG Uyunglele that we have been promised for like two years, and and he came out and looked great, 371 yards, five touchdowns. Josh, my question to you is: This the big cinco that we can expect to see going forward? Well, we start the show with a really underwhelming answer because all I can give you, Matt, is maybe. And the reason oh, I okay, say that great. is just what we wanted it, to hear. On well, right now coming I, I out got hard. Some, I got some stats to back this up. Okay, okay. so uh, and the one-two punch to judge. It's uh, <laughs> Walter. Uh, I don't got the two in cool. here in the first inning. 
Clemson's schedule so far, uh, they opened with Georgia Tech, who we know is awful. They they just fired everybody. Um, he had a sub-60% completion percentage of that game. Then they played FCS Furman, 78%. Then they played Louisiana Tech, who really isn't anything this year, sub-60 again. And Wake, we love their offense. We love everything about Wake. Uh, but their defense, <laughs> their, their defense is kind of garbage. And he was at 63%. His career so far says no, that this will just be a nice game uh, in his career, but maybe not anything like, you know, turning over a new leaf, like uh, like his coach said. Um, there's really nothing in this 4-0 start to indicate that he's made this this gigantic leap uh, just yet. And, um, you know, that, uh, that that's why it's a maybe right now. Uh, Maybe Coach has seen more than I have with his trained eyes as an OC. Well, listen, what I wanted to ask Coach <laughs> about was Clemson's offensive line because they actually finally yeah. kept him upright. And I think that's, for me, that was the biggest reason he, reason he was so successful. They actually finally gelled as a unit. They did. And they're actually able to run the ball a little bit too. And, uh, I mean, DJ did some really, really nice things. But, you know, I, I think Josh is right to a certain degree. We, we got to wait until he starts putting up these numbers on a more consistent basis to really feel like, okay, is DJ back or is this like what we promised or was this just a nice game in a series of just okay? I mean, he's not – he's been better each and every game, but he's still not to the point where I'm just like, yeah, DJ Ongulele, he's the answer for – I still think Cade Klubnik is is probably ultimately the better quarterback at Clemson. Well, Coach, I mean, I don't disagree with that, but – I, I don't know. That was that was tantalizing, man. That that reminded me of that game that he had against Notre Dame back in 2020. And now do it again. That's yeah, the issue. Th- that's yeah, the he thing. Now do it again. We're gonna we're gonna talk about their game this upcoming weekend because for everything that Wake Forest is on offense, their defense is nothing compared to what NC State brings. So we're gonna bring on. We're gonna talk so, about that a little bit so, later. So we'll have answers with that as yeah. far as okay, was that him just torching a bad defense? Is he that good? Is I mean, you know, they got off to a great start against Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they, they were up, I think, 14 nothing at one point before Wake Forest answered, and then they went up 21-7. And then, you know, they just kind of kept that ball rolling. And then Clemson kind of went on a lull. Wake Forest came back. Both defenses just were on their heels all day long. All more, and and it was uh it was a really good game. Uh two I, I think two pretty good teams two really good offenses going at it. So sometimes that makes the defense look worse than it actually is. So we'll kind of find out, can Wake Forest defense stabilize more? But, yeah. Well, uh, a place that did not have the prettiest offense over the weekend, Coach, was uh, down in College Station, Texas. And, uh, I I mean, this was an ugly game. Arkansas, to me, lost this much more so than the Texas A&M <laughs> won it. Do you agree with me, or do you think that Texas A&M sort of like took this and was the rightful winner of this one? I think no, but they didn't. They didn't take it because there was still a last-second field goal. I mean, if they if they really wanted to take it, they could have had it, and they never they never really took it because they never really gained that control over Arkansas. But where I think Arkansas lost the the, the key play for Arkansas losing their momentum because they were absolutely dominating up until this point was when uh, KJ Jefferson decided he was going to launch from the three yard line and stick the ball out. Like, I don't know what that was, 
Uh, that, um, that, 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 from Missouri. That, that, that was hero ball is what it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know like what like he thought he had the, the soul of Cam Newton pass through his body and decided it was going to launch him from the three over the pile into the end zone. Like, I don't know what, what that was. So he fumbled it. They returned it for a touchdown. And then AM got that momentum and never looked back. Arkansas could not tackle Devin A. Chain. Um, but Texas AM really didn't take it full advantage of that because they could have put a ton of points on the board. And then Arkansas did what I don't think anybody in their right mind could do. I don't even think Adam Vinatieri could do this if he tried it a hundred times, but doink <laughs> it off the top of the upright. <laughs> Josh. I mean, I just, uh, I, the, the field goal was, uh, hilarious. Like <laughs> just a, a play that I've never seen before. Um, I mean, it was the, uh, I, I will say Iowa doinked a, a field goal, uh, but it went in. It was a really weird doink off the side that uh, found its way in. And then that made the Iowa Rutgers game go over. And I think that's the only time we're going to talk about the Iowa Rutgers game on the show. That is correct. Because I just <laughs> we'll, we'll have to ask you. We'll, we'll have to ask our sponsor if they made or lost money on the, uh, the Iowa over there. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, uh, I certainly did not. Um, but uh, I, I want to move to another game in the SEC coach. And that's Tennessee and Florida, Tennessee, how real are they, Coach? Like, how how much of a genuine threat are they to your dogs, who we'll talk about a little later, had a, a couple strange hiccups over the weekend. But, I mean, yeah. obviously, I mean, Hendon Hooker is, he's pretty darn good. And that offense, Brew McCoy is finally locked in. Five-star talent, who I think is transferred I think this is his seventh team. No, actually, no, it's his third team, but his fourth transfer somehow. So it's he he's an interesting kid, but man, he's got all the talent in the world. That receiving core is coming together. And I think their offense is definitely for real. But what do you think? Well, I, I think uh, they need to take advantage before Brew McCoy transfers again this season to to App State. No. Um no, their offense is lethal, man. It it's it's so exciting to watch. I, I hate saying that because of what's going on behind me here, but um, Hendon Hooker, man, he, he's legit, and this offense is scary. Their defense lacks a little bit of depth, and I think that could get them in trouble down the stretch uh, because I think Georgia has a little bit more depth, and they're going to have they're going to have a hard time stopping Georgia's offense, especially when they're clicking. Um, so, I, I just think they have to, to hope for some turnovers and some big plays, momentum dra- grabbing plays uh, for Georgia if they want to if they want to beat the dogs, but. Um, I think they're very real. You know, I, I think I think eleven and one is in order for the Vols. You know, wow. that, with that one loss being mm-hmm. uh, being Georgia. So you, uh, you think they, you'll think they'll beat Kentucky? Then is what you're saying? I, after watching them now, yeah, I, I just think they're overwhelming. Okay. You know, I, I think I, the big I, difference. I, oh, go ahead, coach. Yeah, I was going to say they're overwhelming and, and and they can score in bunches. And I mean, they did it to Kentucky last year. I mean, they had Kentucky had forty three minutes of time of possession and lost 42 to 14. I mean, that's just how quick they can score. And they're better this year than they were last year. Tennessee, that is. Yeah, I think the big difference is, you know, you see what Heupel just does differently than Pruitt, and that is he passes out money at a Hardee's instead of a McDonald's, and it's made all the difference. Burger King. Burger King. (laughs) Burger King. He's the king of Knoxville. See what I did there? I did. Yeah. There you go. So, 
yeah, I, I think Heupel's doing all the right things in all seriousness. You know, um, it's, it's he is. It's no, really, I, I, I really genuinely, I genuinely believe that that he is, and somehow, some way, at hiring at the worst time after everyone else had already been picked over, they found a guy. Like they found a guy who fits and fits well. We were all kind of skeptical, and you know what? Like I, w- I'll admit, like I was very skeptical, and I was completely well, for, for a good wrong. reason. I think for a good reason. Yeah. He didn't do anything special at UCF, mm-hmm. but you knew he had some pedigree. You know, he's been in the league, so there was a chance. And like they had, they had no pressure on him because they were already really, really down. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And and, yeah. and his offensive scheme is, it's working. Like it's absolutely working in He found the right guy. He found the right quarterback. And it's yeah, absolutely uh, working. Hendon Hooker. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Hendon Hooker, like upper tier <laughs> SEC quarterback. Kind of crazy. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Well, I mean, it, it goes to show you what the situation was really like at Virginia Tech. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and, and apparently now getting worse. It, not, yeah, not getting any better for the, the Hokies. That's for sure. Okay. Let's head over to the West Coast. Josh, uh, I want to talk quickly about Oregon and Washington State. Uh, Another great game out in the Pac-12. Pac-12 North quickly becoming maybe one of the best or at least one of the most entertaining division in the sport. Josh, are they just entertaining or are they actually good? Yeah, uh, just just so our listeners don't send us a bunch of hate mail. We know the Pac-12 doesn't use division anymore, but we're talking about the collection formally known as the artist formally known as uh the the pac 12 north uh matt i i think they're balanced and that makes them entertaining okay i'm not ready to call them the best um you know oregon was obviously killed by coaches dogs uh oregon state choked late against usc uh you know we could go on cal is is, supposedly at least like a good team I know, I know. Cal, uh, you know, Cal's three and one. They looked a little better against Arizona. Um, UNLV is a surprisingly uh, frisky team there in the Mountain West. So maybe Cal's win. Three and one? Yeah, yeah, they are. Maybe Cal's win over them will look a lot better than it does right now. Um, Obviously, Washington State has the nice win at Madison. And then the big obvious one, the, the, Huskies, UW's been awesome with Michael Panix. So I think it's a really balanced division. I think it's a really entertaining division. I did run through. I was like, okay, if we stack this division, which no longer exists, but if we did, uh, I got it better than the South. I think it's better than the Pac-12 South right now. On aggregate, yes, uh, because Colorado and yeah. Arizona just drag things down uh, so much. Arizona that, State, you mean, drags. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. And the entire I, state of um, Alabama. Arizona, <laughs> Arizona. Also, like Cal. We just, we, yeah. we just, we just saw so, uh, also Cal. Man, we just I'm saw roll, Cal guys. run through I, Arizona. I know. So, yeah. So, I got it better than the South. I got it better than the Coastal. Mm-hmm. Got it better than the Big Ten West. And I think that's where I draw the line. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Are I'm the, on a roll, by the way. I put Alabama in the Pac-12 and Joe Judge <laughs> on the Yankees. So, <laughs> we're, uh, we're 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 thriving here on illegal motion. <laughs> it, it's okay, Coach. We know that you had a, a couple mini strokes during Kent State, so <laughs> it's okay. Yes. It's okay. Okay, let's talk about the Big Twelve, uh, not the Pac twelve, and uh, Baylor and Iowa State. That was a really interesting Cyclones. game. Uh, what do you think, Josh? Accounts, uh, accounts for the Cyclones' 
offensive struggles here, Josh. You mentioned last week on the show how strong their offense has been, and yeah. they couldn't really muster up anything sustainable against the Bears. No chunk plays. No, the, the, no chunk plays. Yeah, is no right. chunk plays. No, they 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 couldn't, and uh, we're seeing an alarming trend. Uh, so I ran through the Iowa game and the uh, Baylor game. Uh, obviously, they beat Iowa late, um, but there there were some some trends to this. Two interceptions thrown in both games. Uh, several quarterback hurries in both games um, against Baylor. Uh, he was sacked. Uh, their quarterback uh, Deckers was sacked. Uh, let me check my notes right here. Uh, uh, four sacks. Not good. <laughs> there we go. Um, and then against Iowa, the running game just really uh, didn't come together. And that points to a couple things. The uh, offensive line play for Iowa State has not been good enough right now against top tier teams. And Iowa certainly has a top tier defense. Baylor has a very talented team. Uh, and then the, the quarterback play. I, I'm seeing a very short mental clock which is leading to some uh, some kind of forced throws into tight windows, resulting in those four interceptions and those two uh, games, the, the Iowa and the Baylor game. So I think the remedy is pretty clear. They need to have better offensive line play to, uh, to match what uh, any Cyclone fan wants to happen this year. Yeah, and uh, sticking in the Big 12 coach, I want to talk about Texas and Texas Tech because this is one of the bigger upsets on the weekend. And yes, one of us picked the Red Raiders. Yes, uh, Josh, you did. We will talk about uh, we we, we will talk about that a little bit later. Um, But (laughs) uh, coach, in the meantime, what I do want to talk about is the fact that, um, you know, Texas loses another game that they definitely should have won. And so on a scale of one to ten, like how worried are you about sort of Sark as the steward for this program. Okay. I'm going to say five. Here's why. Oh, because... God. That, 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 that's just as much as Josh saying maybe <laughs> on the first question of the day. You said a five? Uh, really? Listen to, my, listen, listen, listen to my explanation. I'm giving, it a, I'm giving it a 10, but I want to hear Coach's explanation. Okay. Because they don't have Quinn Ewers. When he's back, there is, they're a totally different team. But... But their defense is extremely charm and extra soft. So really, that upgrades it to about an eight, actually, if you really <laughs> want to get technical with it. So I just talked myself into an eight. Wow, Coach, that's a uh... because I'm not an extremist, but it, it's it's getting it's getting bad there, and uh, it's getting bad there in Austin. Oh. They could use Quinn Ewers back. He's not like getting now. fired because of yeah. that recruiting class that's coming in. No. No, no. Definitely not. but yeah. but here's the thing. This is a, a trend. It's it's essentially what he did at Washington. It's essentially what he did at USC before being shown the door. It's incredible recruiting classes, uh, not so hot on the X's and O's front. Game day preparation, um, you know, it's got got a large enough sample size now at Texas. He's still hovering around 500, and you know, some people are fantastic offensive coordinators. And some people are meant to be the right, head coach, and uh, yeah, and I, I just think Sark's track record indicates he's he's better as a uh, offensive coordinator than he is at 
being the leader of a program. All right, and let, you may be right. Well, let, let's talk about uh, Josh. I want to talk about sort of, I guess, the, the one big, 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 big 10 <laughs> uh, result over the weekend was Minnesota's thrashing of Michigan State. And we saw Michigan State lose pretty bad to Washington. But I think what Minnesota did to them was like two or three uh, factors worse. Like, I, I think Minnesota just came in there and absolutely bullied them. And that's kind of embarrassing. Like, I, I you're the guy, Josh, that yeah. picked Minnesota coming into the year. So you can just like, you know, throw shade at us at this point. Like, do whatever you want to do about <laughs> Minnesota because that team is good. That is an excellent football team. Like, from top to bottom, that is an excellent football team. I think it is. I have a reason why, but I want to hear yours first. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I feel like Tony Kornheiser on PTI. I'm, I'm putting on my reading glasses, although I wear glasses all the time because I have quite the soliloquy here uh, prepared. I, I got a bunch of notes on on the Gophers, and it, it takes a lot for a Wisconsin alum and an Iowa native who still roots for the Hawkeyes to to give this much love to the Gophers. But uh, I just value good football and well-coached football. So I'm loving what the Gophers are doing. So uh, let's start with their non-conference, uh, New Mexico State, Western Illinois, Colorado. Very soft, but they demolished them. The combined score was 149 to 17. This is the type of stuff that you see Bama, Ohio State, Michigan, et cetera. These, these you know, consistently good programs obliterate these teams. In the past, Minnesota would have either a really tight victory or a completely dumb loss like last year when they lost to Bowling Green. They're not doing that this year. And then they go to Spartan Stadium. Michigan State has just had a terrible loss to Washington. Surely they've practiced hard all week. Surely they're anxious to get back out there. And the Gophers just flat out embarrassed them 34 to seven. And it wasn't even that close when Minnesota was up 17, nothing. They were driving about to make it 24, nothing when they had one of their few mistakes on the day on the season. Mohammed Ibrahim had a weird fluky fumble and it cost them that drive. Then in the second half, Minnesota only had three possessions. And surely you're thinking, okay, did they just have like, you know, what did Michigan State do? Why, why is Minnesota only having three possessions in the second half? Well, there are three drives. Uh, Coach will like these numbers. 12 plays, 90 yards, seven minutes, touchdown. Six plays, 28 yards, four, uh, 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 about four minutes, touchdown. And then the, to cap it off, 15 plays, 76 yards, 10 minutes and 37 seconds time of possession. Ended in a touchdown. <laughs> so they, they shortened the game a little bit there. Um, so let's then talk about the players. The offensive line has just been incredible. We figured it would be this year. Um, let's talk about uh, their skill position players. Mohamed Ibrahim at back we know is really good. His backup, Trey Potts, is really good. Uh, wide receiver Michael Brown-Stevens. Uh, came in as kind of the number two, and he's been really good. And Daniel Jackson has already stepped up uh, with Chris Ottman-Bell out for the season. Tight end Brevin Spanford is one of the league's best tight ends. Quarterback Tanner Morgan in 2019 with Kirk Sharaka as the offensive coordinator, 66%, 32 
100 yards, 30 touchdowns, seven picks. This year he is at 77%, 886 yards, seven touchdowns, one pick, and this is while essentially not throwing the ball at all in any second half this season. And then finally, are you ready? Are you ready for some insane numbers? I know Coach loves these numbers. Coach, I want to give you some efficiency. Tell me if these are good. They are number two in points allowed per game this season. Number one in fewest yards allowed. They Mm. are dominating time of possession. They are number one in first downs. They've had the most first downs of any college football team this year. There's multiple teams that have played in one more game than that. They are number one in third down possession, excuse me, percentage at almost 80%. Oh my God. So finally, they are among the least penalized teams. So, I mean, that's a recipe for success. They're a juggernaut. Yeah. You run through the efficiency, you run through the skill position, um, and then the fact that they have an easier schedule than Wisconsin and Iowa. So, uh, you know, I, I think if they get by this Purdue game, this week um it's going to be tough for wisconsin or uh or iowa to catch them josh do you know what do you know what tanner morgan's uh record on as uh when kirk Sharaka is his offensive coordinator is i mean they well they went 10 games uh back in 2019 and, and they're already 4-0 this year it, it's got to be you know 15 and 2 15 and 3 i don't know josh that's pretty good 15 and 2 15 and two. I mean, that's it's they just they have a mind melt. It works. It works. We are pretty much out of time. I wanted to talk quickly about just we're we're out of time, Josh. So 15 seconds. (laughs) I mean, it's the you. I mean, what what do you expect? They complete meltdown against MTSU, (laughs) who coach you and I live here in Middle Tennessee. This team is bad. Like this is this is not just this is in in, this is an Appalachian state. This is a bad group of five teams. We we were we were talking about putting Rick Stockstill out to the professional coaches pasture. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they shut us up. I guess right. They completely dominated, and it was like Miami had no shot. Man, the ninety-nine yard touchdown off the goal line. Dominated them in the run game. Miami couldn't do. Miami couldn't do diddly poo on offense. <laughs> they sucked. Absolutely sucked. Yeah. yeah. The to, um, to quote Jim Moore. Yeah, I mean uh, the, the problem I have with Miami is Cristobal's making the same mistakes he did at Oregon, not really using uh, yep. Herbert to his full advantage, and Miami offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis. Uh, call up some Michigan fans to see what they think of him and underutilizing talent on rosters. So guess uh, I guess I misjudged that one. Yeah, the, Boy, their next four rough. are North Carolina, at Tech, Duke, and at Virginia. You would say, oh, that's a four and zero stretch, maybe a three and one stretch if something goes sideways against North Carolina. The way they're playing, it it, it reeks of two and two. Yeah, that yeah, would be crazy. rough. I, I I don't know if two and two. I mean, th- those are some pretty bad teams that they're playing. Like, I mean, Georgia Tech without with, I mean, I, Virginia I, Tech. Oh, MTSU was a pretty bad team. They played too. So, <laughs> you know what? All of these are true. Uh, any final words here before we hit into the quick slants, Josh? 
Uh, I I spent my time up on my Minnesota soliloquy. I was excited to to give all that information. All right. Well, let's then get into some quick slants. Coach, I'm going to throw it out to you here first. Uh, you got two minutes. What <laughs> on earth happened to George against Kent State? Turnovers, man. <laughs> Turn it over four times. Simple as that. Led to points. Uh, was a little lackadaisical, a little vanilla on defense. Stetson was off. Stetquavius was not Stetquavius. Stetquavius had the day off. But um, <laughs> when you turn it over four times, you muff a punt in special teams. It's just it's just not going to go well. Georgia still won by three scores. So, I mean, I, I guess I'll take that. <laughs> so, yeah. Nothing really wrong, I don't think. It'd be a rough it's, – it's, it's going to be a rough week of practice for the guys. I, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm not being coached by Kirby here at home this week. That would not be good for me. True. Yeah. Any uh, other questions? I mean, that's, that's my rant. I mean, four turnovers. <laughs> that, I mean, that, that. I mean, it was just nothing special. I mean, I, I'm I am impressed with Kent State. I mean, they they you know Sean Lewis is going to be a head coach in the Power Five somewhere. I, I I'm really impressed with him. He's. I mean, you know. How I'm, would you like to see him? How would you like to see him coach uh, the Yellow Jackets at the end of the season? You and you and your dogs versus them <laughs> and the Jackets. They make that rivalry more interesting. Everyone knows that. that Coach Prime is going to be the next coach at Georgia Tech. Now nah, they're going to hire like Bill O'Brien. They, they're going to totally screw it up. They I totally would. You. They totally would. Okay, Josh. They hired. Uh, they fired Todd Stansberry too. So, that's uh, Josh, uh, what, what have you got for us? All right. Well, I got two things. First of all, a minor correction from last week. I ran through the winless teams, and they are so forgettable that I left off Colorado State a week ago. And what did they do to prove me wrong? Well, they lost 41-10 to 10 at home versus Sacramento State. Uh, I, I don't see any wins on the horizon coming up for them anytime soon. Uh, but my real quick slant is we got three 4-0 teams, uh, Syracuse, UCLA, and Kansas. None of them cracked the top 25. And so I wanted to try and piece together which of these three is real, which of these three is uh, some fool's gold. Uh, I think Kansas is the real deal. Their offensive stats, their their advanced stats, their metrics, you measure anything with their offense, it's looking really good. Their quarterback, Jalen Daniels, if you haven't seen him play, change that. He's, he's just a an incredibly exciting player. They already have wins over two power five teams, West Virginia and Duke. Uh, then they also have a win over American Athletic Conference title contender, Houston. Uh, hanging out in the middle, I got UCLA. They have demolished three teams. They survived an upset bid against a South Alabama team, a club all three of us like. Um, their next few games, though, are Washington, Utah and at Oregon. So we will learn a lot more about the Bruins very shortly. I think if they can go one and two with the two losses being pretty close, uh, it'll show that they're overall for real. Um, And then finally, Syracuse. Syracuse's last two wins against Virginia and Purdue are by a combined five points. Uh, There's been a little bit of ref ball in them. They've been really weird victories, to say the least. They'll get to 5-0 because they've got Wagner next. Once you're 5-0, it feels like a bowl is pretty much guaranteed. But after that Wagner game, they got NC State and Clemson. I have them losing both those games. I mean, yeah, they're definitely losing both of those games. Okay. Um, Coach, any thoughts on any of those teams real quick? No, I, I'm – that's it. Yeah, I'm I'm buying Kansas as well. Jalen Daniels is incredible. 
Uh, Coach yeah. is just now learning that UCLA is undefeated. <laughs> I know it's blowing my uh, mind. They I, played Colorado this weekend. Uh, did you see? I think, who, I think there's a lot of people that don't know that they even exist because you look at their stadiums and. <laughs> I think a lot of people thought they lost to South Alabama. A lot of a lot of people dressed up as 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 a bench. <laughs> In those games. Yeah. <laughs> Must be Halloween early out there in uh, Westwood. Oh, I like that. I really like that. Well, they played against Colorado this past weekend. Colorado was starting <laughs> Owen McCown at quarterback. Yes, there's another McCown playing quarterback. Okay. You, UCLA fans are like, what? Well, no, I mean, it's, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it was Colorado playing Owen McCown. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's but UCLA is like, why, why didn't we get him? I mean, why do they want him? They got Dorian Thompson Robinson. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so nostalgia. Nah. Matt, no audible is your quick slant was supposed to be waxing poetically about the end of Paul Christ. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> guys, Paul Christ isn't going anywhere, despite what all the Wisconsin fans want. They're calling for his head. Guess what, guys? He's not going anywhere. He's won 72% of his games. They lost to Ohio State. They got the crap beat out of them. No surprise. No surprise. They're down. They have they're they're weak in the secondary and they're missing both of their starting tackles. What do you like? They're missing both of their starting offensive tackles. They're playing Logan Brown at left tackle, who has proven that he can't play at the college level. It, it, it's sad to say. Mm-hmm. It, it's sad to say he was a five-star talent coming out of out of high school. He cannot play at the college level. It's too bad. They had a redshirt freshman first career start ever at right tackle. Ever. First career start ever. Like, barely having played a game. Freaking dominated playing right tackle. This dude who's had now had plenty of starts, he was just trash at left tackle. So, I mean, Ohio State has so many. They didn't have Jackson Smith and Jig, but it doesn't matter. They were feeding the tight end. It's the first time I've ever seen a Jim Leonard defense be confused and, like, openly confused and clearly, like, just not knowing what to do. And it was, it was a strange feeling watching that as someone who follows the Wisconsin program very closely. Ohio state is Matt, I, I have two questions for yeah, you. Go for it. First one is Paul Christ dangerously moving into Bo Pelini zone of you'll win nine or 10 games each year, but you lose the two or three that, that really matter from, yeah, Josh why, Josh, why do you say moving into dude? He's been there. That's true. He's been there. That's he, true. He's okay. been there for years. Except the, the difference is that he will get to eleven wins sometimes and not be stuck <laughs> on nine. And uh, my other question is, uh, how poetic would it be? Former Iowa great Brett Bielema with a Tiger Hawk tattoo, coached at Wisconsin. What about? Badger legend probably has a motion W tattoo somewhere. He doesn't. Jimmy Leonard. Jimmy Leonard oh. replacing Kirk Ferentz and becoming Iowa's next football coach. Uh, uh, listen, the. <laughs> Be good for Iowa. Uh, the, the chatter. Bizarro world. The chatter around, <laughs> around town is that everyone wants Lance Leopold. Everyone wants Lance Leopold and they want Lance Leopold now. And I don't Ooh. blame them. He has roots in the state. I also don't think Lance Leopold is the answer for Wisconsin. So that's a different story, though, for a different time. Bill O'Brien is. (sighs) Bill 
Bill O'Brien is the only is only the answer if the question is who is the former Penn State coach who uh, made five star can't miss talent Christian Hackenberg and also ran in the Big Ten East. Um, let's move on then to uh, <laughs> to to week five. I don't really have anything else to add there. On, on Bill O'Brien or yeah. Ohio State or Wisconsin. Because honestly, the, the, there's not a whole lot more to say. Uh, I want to move on to week five, where the game of the week, guys, and we all know it. We, we all know where it's going down. NC State, Clemson. NC State, my pick to make the college football playoff. I have them running the table, and that means winning Ooh. this game. This is the matchup. This is the matchup, and... Josh, I'm I'm curious. I, I think both of these teams have very good defenses. So I'm curious for you to look at which of these quarterbacks is going to have a better chance against the opposing defense, which is going to be the best one they faced all season. Yeah, that's uh that's an exciting matchup to say the least. And uh I think Matt, you're gonna like my answer. Because Clemson's Maybe. defense was all sorts no. of discombobulated uh, against Wake. Um, you know, they're they're young in the secondary. There are a lot of blown coverages. Um, honestly, if, if Clawson didn't coach Skurd there towards the end of the game and in overtime, uh, I think Scared. we'd be talking about a one-loss one loss Clemson team. Uh, Leary with the Wolfpack, he, he's played really well. And the, the Wolfpack have had a much tougher schedule. They had to travel to East Carolina where they get a little brother with a massive chip on their shoulder. That was ECU Super Bowl. They wanted to win it so badly. And then um, the Wolfpack also beat Texas Tech, who is a really up-and-coming team, I think. you know Texas Tech looked really good against the Longhorns. So NC State's had the tougher go of things. Um, they're going up against a discombobulated team, and, and Leary's looked really good this year so uh I, i'm got i'm having leary win that matchup i think the Wolfpack have a great chance of winning the only reason you might uh you might go against that is a pretty good reason and that's the games in death valley and clemson can always be a house of horrors for anybody um but uh but i think the pack have a phenomenal chance in this one yeah i i, I think so too just watching both of these teams play i, I think clemson Struggles at times. They they really miss Brent Venables and DJ Angulale is at best a sixty percent completion percentage passer that has has a high ceiling apparently and a really low floor. So and you don't know which one he's going to hit on any given game. So <laughs> NC State can use that to their advantage. I I think Leary for NC State is having a is having a great season. I think we'll continue to do so. Uh, I, I I mean I'm. I'm I'm kind of riding with the Wolfpack here a little bit. I, I think they're going to go into Death Valley and win. I, I think it's going to be one of those Ooh. classic ACC games where they're going back and forth. Um, but I think ultimately NC State's going to pull this one out. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on the NC State bandwagon, but I've you know I've been there from the start. Josh, are are, are you taking them as well? Ooh, put me on the spot. Yeah, I am. That's um, my job. I'm with I'm with coach when you when you look at the the tail of the tape NC State's the better team I know Death Valley is scary to play at but 
you got to go with who's been playing better, and that's NC State. Yeah, I think I think NC and State now that it's is, all three of us, uh, Clemson will win about fifty six nothing. So. More than likely. Okay, <laughs> let's stay within the ACC though. Uh, another really interesting matchup: uh, Wake Forest, fresh off that game against Clemson, is taking on a four and Florida State team. Who, I mean, they beat the crap out of Boston College last week. Like they took the opening yeah. kickoff to the house and did not turn back. Like it was. It was embarrassing for Boston College, quite frankly, and I don't know. BC if my, surprisingly bad. <laughs> they are they are they are very very bad. Part of that is, is injuries on the offensive line, I think, but e- even then, their, their skill positions in 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 Dracovic have not lived up to expectation. But coach, uh, what I wanted to ask you here about, uh, in terms of especially Florida State, is this is the best start they've been off to in a while but they have yet to face an offense nearly the caliber of wake forest with sam hartman i mean do you think that they'll be able to stop that passing attack uh no but i I think the best thing they can do is hope that a few drives stall because they'll be so good against the run because wake forest i don't think has a great rushing attack sam hartman is elite through the air i i just think that florida state and florida state has proven that with jordan travis and Trey Benson, that they can score with anybody. I mean, both these teams are upwards of 40 points per game uh, on average. I think Florida State has the uh, has the upper hand in the return game, which plays in their favor. And, I, you know, I think this is going to be another classic ACC shootout, you know. And, I, you know, this one, probably more so than the Clemson-NC State game, this one is going to be touchdown, 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 touchdown. I mean, Sam Hartman – has proven that he comes in and he just he just leads right down the field and can score on command. And you know, I think Florida State has proven that a little bit too. And it's gonna be which it's gonna be whichever team wins the turnover battle, uh, I think is gonna be the separator in this game because that's what it's gonna take. It's gonna take a mistake by Sam Hartman or a mistake by Jordan Travis in the passing game. Let's say if Jordan Travis throws two interceptions, I think Wake Forest will win by a couple touchdowns if Sam Hartman throws an interception or two. Florida State will win by a couple touchdowns. I think that's going to be just kind of the overall separator. Coach, I was curious, though. Um, so Wake runs a really interesting like mesh running scheme where they basically hold the ball to the very last second. And then yeah, it's a slow a mesh run scheme. And, and, which, and yeah. I was just wondering what's, you know, What's the reason for that, Uh, especially for, you know, Wake Forest might not have the uh, full of like NFL talent running uh, NFL talent uh, offensive lineman going through there. It it seems very risky that, that you could have a lot of tackles for loss running that system. Well, that's probably why they don't run all that well, but I I think the (laughs) slow mesh running scheme is, you know, if you have a team that's really good at running zone read option and different RPOs, it's really good at freezing the defense, which I think they're really good in the RPO game, which is why they do it. Um, and, and that's where they get all their pa- that's where they get a lot of their passing yards from is in the RPO game. So it freezes linebackers and ultimately sometimes it'll freeze safeties and it'll open up passing lanes for for the quarterback. And that's why they do it. They don't attempt to run much either. Yeah, like they had Which is let's weird see, because again, Clemson, Christian Turner had 10 carries for 27 yards. 
Yeah, but like all 10 of those were in the last few plays of the fourth quarter in an overtime. Yeah, it's because they got a lot of probably got a lot of pull reads too on on RPO, and they just they got down and started throwing the ball some too, probably. Yeah, but some of it was situational. Some of it was by design, uh, and and what they do overall philosophy wise. Well, uh, Josh, I don't think Brian Ferentz knows what an RPO is, but uh, <laughs> he has to go up against Michigan, who you know for all of their offensive. Uh, Offensive he inefficiencies. It was, he, th- he thinks RPO is uh, a band called RPO Speedwagon from the eighties. <laughs> I had a fantasy team named RPO Speedwagon one year, so I, I will. Uh, I want to say that was like my twenty nineteen fantasy team name, maybe twenty eighteen. Hi, this is Coach Wardlaw, man. I'm the lead singer of RPO Speedwagon. <laughs> It's our. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, hold on, Coach. Do you want their favorite play is outside zone slant? No, it's RPO speed option. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, uh, got got to get a dad joke in there somewhere. Okay, Josh. Well, uh, speed option is yeah. also not on the menu for the Iowa Hawkeyes <laughs> this weekend. I mean, how, how are they? Can they move the ball against a top five Michigan nope. team? At like, no. <laughs> what, what what's their chance? Do they have a chance? I mean, their their defense. I think their their defense can hold Michigan under twenty four points, but I don't know if the offense yeah. can get remotely close to that. What's all this one in a million? So, talk? <laughs> so realistically, as an Iowa fan, what I'm expecting is a, a replay of the conference title game where the defense plays really well for a half and pretty well in the third quarter before fatigue just took over and the floodgates were open. Um, so I, I, I'm expecting Michigan to roll in this game. However, to, to play the, uh, the upset card and, and, and make the show a little bit more interesting, what can Iowa do? Well, first of all, recreating what they did against Rutgers will go an extremely long way. And if you didn't see that game, they had two defensive touchdowns, a pick six and a scoop and score. Uh, so if their defense has some turnovers uh, forced, especially turnovers that they then take to the house, uh, that is obviously a huge perk. In terms of offense actually moving the ball, well, th- they did run a little bit better against Rutgers. They they uh, rejiggered a few things on their offensive line, moved a few people to to some different positions. And they did have some nice running lanes against Rutgers. So if they can run the ball a little bit better, um, I think that will force Michigan's linebackers to maybe pause for a second before they uh, they focus in on Sam Laporta and really shut down Iowa's passing game. Um, the, the X factor in this one for those turnovers, though, is J.J. McCarthy had some really questionable ball security decisions against Maryland. Um, if he, if he struggles against this Iowa defense, uh, crazier Kinnick magic has happened in October. It's a shame. It's not a night game uh, to really get some magic, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Iowa's defense is phenomenal and um, you know, turnovers are, are a funky thing. We saw it with Georgia and Kent state. Crazier things have happened, but uh, 
But my money's on Michigan winning uh, fairly easily. But I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> RPO Speedwagon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, I got a name for you, Coach. I got a name for you, Coach, because you love the all-name team. Uh, yeah, Iowa's uh, – so basically no one's throwing it really to Riley Moss's side of the field because he's considered to be such a good shutdown corner, so they're going to the other side. The other side, who's covering over there? Iowa, local boy, Iowa boy. <laughs> Two-way player go. in high school, play, was quarterback for his team. Now he's defensive back in college. Here, here it is for your all-name team. He's the guy who had the pick six, by the way, against Maryland. Cooper okay. DeGene. How do you like that? Cooper DeGene, a little French flavor right there. <laughs> is, is, Cooper is it, <laughs> is it? It's not DeJean? No, it's an, it's an Iowa kid. Of course it's DeGene. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not a Goubert DeJean. It's... No. Cooper DeGene. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's no. Cooper yeah. DeGene. Cooper yeah. De- That's too his southern. Fa- his favorite cuisine is Italian. Italian. Iowa as Italian. We say, as as Iowa. we say in the Hawkeye State. Iowa Italian. I love it. Spaghetti with brisket. <laughs> That's that, that is strangely tantalizing. Hey, we had some pulled yeah, pork no, nachos last week during the game. So Ooh. I mean, that's pretty standard fare by this point. Still delicious. Okay, I'll be right back. <laughs> no, wait, coach, before you go, quick quick question about Kentucky Ole Miss. Um, two really good offenses, no. two defenses <laughs> that have a couple couple issues. I think Kentucky's a little bit stronger than Ole Miss's, but uh, which defense do you think has a better chance of holding up? Kentucky, for sure. I mean, they 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 completely dominated Florida. I mean, not that Florida is anything special, but I mean, <laughs> Kentucky's defense is fast. They 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 fly around. They I just think they're better schemed. They have a better defensive mind than Mark Stoops, um, and and they've recruited well. And they've recruited well over the last few seasons to sustain losses to the NFL. That that being said, I think Ole Miss's scheme once they kind of get it fit in and get some of these new players gelling. Eventually, they will have a defense on par with Kentucky. But Kentucky's built their defense over years, so that's kind of the advantage that they have. Now, Jackson Dart, uh, Zach Evans, uh, and Ulysses Bentley, uh, and some of the talent they have on the offensive side of the ball, they have some firepower, so will Kentucky's defense be able to stop them? I, I, I don't know. That's a pretty explosive offense. But I think – if there's a defense suited in, in the in the SEC, Kentucky is definitely one of those defenses. So this will be an interesting game, really. Ole Miss still call their defense the Land Sharks, or do they no longer do that? Yeah, <laughs> Land Sharks. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting for sure. All right, we're sticking in the SEC, Josh. Um, Arkansas has the pleasure of rebounding after a. Tough loss as we talked about to Texas AM by hosting Alabama. Uh, how are they gonna bounce back? Can they bounce back? Okay, well, number one thing that Arkansas can do is get angry. And what do I mean by that? Well, sometimes when you've been a kind of a down program like Arkansas's been, and then you finally have some success, you get ranked highly, then you get into the top 10, like the Razorbacks were sometimes you start to read your own clippings, your farts no longer smell and you, you lose a little bit of that edge that you get when you're pushing the boulder up the hill. 
I think that happened against Texas A&M. They, they lost some of their edge, especially, you know, they were about to score to go up 21-7. Then we talked about the fumble that, that they housed. So I think this week, getting angry, redeveloping that chip on their shoulder, realizing they haven't reached their destination. They haven't reached anything. Um, and they get an opportunity to, to change the course of their season by knocking off the king of the division, Alabama. So, you know, it's a great opportunity. They got to get angry. They got to obviously protect the ball. You cannot give a team Alabama's caliber additional possessions. Um, one side note about this game that is kind of funny. Um, Arkansas is doing a uh, color game, kind of like a whiteout or when Michigan wears all yellow, a, a maze out. Uh, they're choosing to do their like scarlet crimson color. And uh, if I don't know if anyone's ever like gone on and looked at the, the color code of, of uh, Alabama and uh, Arkansas, but their two red colors are essentially the exact same. Yep. So any Alabama fan will sort of be blending in with Arkansas's uh, home crowd in this one, which I don't know if that gives them a home field advantage or anything, but I thought that was an interesting side note. But um, yeah, coach, I mean, what do you think? Just the getting angry and, and getting back to having that chip on your shoulder. I mean, they need it. Uh, honestly, I mean, it's not an easy game to get it back to, but I think KJ Jefferson no. just needs to realize that he's not Cam Newton and can take off from the 20 yard line, try to dive across the end zone and fumble it. Alabama's not the <laughs> team to do that against. Um, they've got to figure out a way again to Dallas Turner and Will Anderson if they can kind of control them and neutralize them as best they can and not let them make too many big plays. They have a chance because Alabama is. Been a weird season for them. Like they should be way more elite than they are. Yeah, but because you have Bryce Young. Yeah, but I'm just not seeing it. Yeah, I think that they. I actually it's a weird matchup. Think they're they're weirdly suffering from wide receiver depth, which is like never yeah. an issue at Alabama. But they between well, injuries, they, they never portal, and like they just don't have depth of guys who have also like never, been in the program. It's all yeah. like true freshmen, redshirt freshmen and transfers. Yeah. And but they it, haven't had a chance to develop yet. I mean, yeah. it's just, they're, they're not exactly chilling. They, they don't have those guys that they signed like Jerry Judy. They signed him, developed him and turned him into a uh, NFL guy. I feel, like they, Smith, I, I, feel like, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like Bryce has 1.5 receivers that he trusts. Uh, and sometimes that's a stretch. Um, but uh, yeah, it's I, I I consider it I consider it Burton and like point five for the tight end, Latu. Cameron Latu. Yeah, or Latu. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I just and, and Bill O'Brien is not helping matters by stale play calling um, by being Bill O'Brien. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he, he he's he's doing the uh, play calling equivalent of trading DeAndre Hopkins for nothing. <laughs> Well, on, 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 on that note, let's uh, let's head over to his. Uh, his I, I still mean, think Alabama's going to win, though. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're going to win. I think Arkansas. If we were betting on this game, I don't know. I think the spread's like eighteen and a half, and I I, I think Arkansas will cover that. But um, yeah. let's talk about a big game in the Big Twelve: Baylor and Oklahoma State in Waco. Coach, I, I feel like we all feel pretty good about both Oklahoma State's offense and Baylor's defense. But I'm curious 
in, in your opinion, for the flip side? Do you have more faith in Baylor's offense or Oklahoma State's defense? Ooh, it's like kind of that rock in a hard place type question here. Because <laughs> um, one, one side, you got a quarterback who hasn't really figured out how to play quarterback yet at the college level. Shaping. And then you have a defense that's led by Derek Mason, who is Derek Mason. Um, he left all of his playbooks at Stanford, I guess, apparently. So um, I don't know. I mean, at this Is point. Derek Mason's Wikipedia photo still the old one that was incredible. Which one was Probably. that? talking, Coach. I'm just going to look it up. Yeah, look it up. And, and, then, and then, then pop back in when you see it. Uh, I guess at this point, I have more faith in Baylor's offense because any Dave Aranda coach team is going to be pretty solid. And they've been solid. They were solid last year. Um, and there's no reason for me to believe that they won't improve and can do something. Um, but I mean, Oklahoma state has athletes and their defense flies around a little bit and they will make some plays just, just by virtue of being in the right place at the right time. I, uh, I, I am disappointed to report just like Kansas's track, the old, uh, Derek Mason Wikipedia photo is no more. It was it was a photo of him like very confused near a Vanderbilt scoreboard where they were down like 41 10 or something. It was a hilarious all-time Wikipedia photo. So it's basically and I think it was slightly out of focus. it was like out of focus too. So it's like, basically what, what you're saying is your standard standard Saturday <laughs> at Vanderbilt Memorial Stadium. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So, uh, hey, our t- our timer's done. I just had two really quick group of five games I wanted to mention. Uh, real quickly, uh, Boise State, uh, they host offensively challenged San Diego State. Uh, but what's interesting for Boise is one of the like most efficient programs for quite a while. Uh, after the UTEP embarrassment, they fire their offensive coordinator like 24 hours after it, not even that. Tim Plow, he's out. And then over the weekend... Uh, starting quarterback Hank Bachmeyer, who has honestly been awful this season, and other than his debut game against Florida State a few years ago, has had pretty terrible numbers. He entered the transfer portal. Um, and then the other group of five game that's really interesting is Tulsa is 2-2. Two and two. Uh, They lost at Wyoming by just three points, and then they gave Ole Miss everything they could handle uh, in that game. They host Cincinnati. Um, kind of an interesting American Conference game right there. Yeah, I mean, Tulsa, it's tough for Tulsa. They're a little frisky. They're a little frisky, man, but it's it's tough, man. Tulsa, smallest program in the FBS in terms of school size, and it, nice. it, it's, it's tough to build a winner there. So, you know, kudos to them for, you know, even for getting this far because I, I don't have a ton of faith in that program. So, all right, well, let's then go ahead and move into our spread formations where we pick against the spread. Uh, Our, uh, to to say, I mean, last week was our worst week of the season, but even then it wasn't terrible. Josh, you were three and two on the week. Coach and I are both two and three uh, for the season. As bad as I thought for the season coach you're 15 and 11 Josh is 16 and 10 and I am 17 and 9 so everyone is in the black we are going to start uh this week here 
uh, with Illinois at Wisconsin. Wisconsin, a seven-point favorite at home, over under 42-and-a-half. Coach, you are up first this week. Who do you like? Okay. So I'm going to take... I'm going to take Wisconsin here. Um, I think they can bounce back. This is going to be an interesting pick. I, I, I think they do cover the spread. And the over-under, I'm going to not touch that. Well, I'm going to do the opposite as coach because uh, the way Wisconsin looked against Ohio State and and Washington State has me worried. And the way Illinois looked in some of their games as we think at Illinois might uh, might do something really crazy, like win it outright. So I'm going to stay away from the spread, and I'm actually going to go under. I, I love both defenses. I know Wisconsin just had a litany of issues that Matt ran through, uh, but they will have had a whole week to practice, a whole week to iron some things out. I don't think Jimmy Leonard's defense will look as be as confused because Illinois runs a really standard Brett Bielema, line it up, run right at you type of offense. So I'm liking the under in that game. And for that exact reason is why I like Wisconsin. Wisconsin can, uh, Wisconsin's still really good against the run. And they got picked apart by a team that has superior athletes at skill positions. Guess what Illinois does not have? Superior athletes at skill positions. Chase Brown's a great running back. I don't think that uh, I, I, I don't think that he is going to break the century mark against Wisconsin and Wisconsin's both of their starting tackles are back as well. Uh, Wisconsin covers in this one. And I think gets out some of the frustration that they had uh, with the last one. Also uh, hello, Homer alert. Um, let's move <laughs> on to a, a really intriguing uh, pack 12 after dark on a Friday. Washington at UCLA, mm. Washington three-point favorites in the Rose Bowl over under 66, Coach. Pac-12 after dock. All right, Washington, they're they're hot. They're red hot. UCLA mm-hmm. is also undefeated. This so is hot right now. Nice, so hot right now, like uh, like Derek Zoolander. <laughs> um, and they, both teams off to a really, really good start, um, but Unfortunately, the dream has to end for somebody, and that dream is going to end for the UCLA Bruins. I'm going to take the under, but I'm also going to take Washington to cover minus three. Josh. Um, Is the over-under points or fans for this one, Matt? Uh, It's actually both in this one, (laughs) and that's just UCLA fans. They're expecting about 25,000 Washington fans. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I'm fully on board with Coach Take in Washington. I think Michael Penix Jr. is fully healthy, has a great offensive head coach who is, you know, giving him more than enough opportunities to succeed. So I got Washington covering. I am going to differ with Coach. I'm actually taking the over. Uh, I could see Washington putting up about 45 points in this game. Uh, so I'm I'm liking the Huskies and I'm liking some uh, some points being generated. I'm not touching the spread, but what I am touching is the over, and I'm cranking that over because I don't think UCLA has the greatest uh, defense in the world, but I also don't think that uh, Washington's defense has been tested by an offense that is nearly as efficient and can exploit those inefficiencies once they go into no huddle 
like UCLA. So I think this is going to be a high scoring affair. Give me the over all day. Let's head over to the ACC coach where those four and oh, uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. We're going to make you guys, I'm going to make you pick on it. Now, Florida state is a seven point favorite at home against wake forest. The over under is 65, uh, coach. Where are you at? This one's tough. Um, I'm going to take wake forest and the points. Cause I think even if Florida state can win, it's going to be a close game. Kind of like what the wake forest Clemson game was. And I'm definitely going to take the over here also as well. So I'm going to take Wake Forest, the points, and and the over. Josh? Uh, So I have two things about this game. Um, If you are following the weather, there's uh, a little little storm coming to to Florida that could impact things. Uh, This game is still being played for Saturday. Uh, Most of the other games that have been uh, impacted by this game, they've tried to move around. Some games move into Sunday. Some games move into other days. If you wake up on Saturday and the forecast <laughs> is awful in Tallahassee, uh, points might be at a premium. You might want to quickly slip in an under bet. Uh, assuming the weather is fine, and that's why they haven't moved the game, I am in total agreement with Coach. I actually like the points in this game. I think Wake is more than frisky and can hang around in this game and, and certainly has the offensive chops pull off an upset. Ooh. All right. Um, I'm going to regret it, but I'm going to take the Knowles just purely based on gut and for literally zero other reason. So uh, I, I want to move quickly to Oklahoma. Is uh, that is that gut feeling their old uh, 90s jerseys that didn't cover up their stomach? Yeah, you know, me, uh, <laughs> me, Warwick Dunn, and Deion Sanders all have uh, the same jersey and clearly the same physique. Yeah. Deion Sanders next Georgia Tech coach. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. Let's head over to the Big 12. Oklahoma is only a six and a half point favorite at TCU over under 68 and a half coach. Despite the loss... I'm going to take Oklahoma here. I know they got dominated by Kansas State, but I just don't think TCU has anybody like Taylor, uh, like Taylor Martinez, Adrian Martinez, Deuce Vaughn, whoever, whatever Martinez brothers at 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 Kansas Aaron State Judge. at this point. Joe Judge, um, <laughs> Alabama in the Pac-12. I don't know. Pedro um, Martinez. Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson, the big unit. You know. Um, no, I'm, I'm going to take Oklahoma. I think this is going to be a good bounce-back game. I mean, even though they lost, I think Dylan Gabriel looked good. Um, in the loss, at, at times, he's he's a leader out there. He can he can run with the football. He can make things happen. I think they go on the road and get it. I, I like Oklahoma minus six and a half. Josh? Yeah, I think this is a pinch of overcorrection. They, they saw that Oklahoma lost and, and a little panic. Um, so Vegas is, is – thinking, hey, you know, we, we can get some nice action on this game, have it be under a touchdown. Um, TCU, I mean, just, yeah, they, they got by their rival SMU, but they gave up a lot of yards and points in that game, and, and Oklahoma certainly has no issues moving the, the ball up and down the field. So I'm in total agreement with Coach. I got Oklahoma covering. 
So we all have Oklahoma covering, so that means TCU is definitely winning outright. Okay. Uh, yep. Finally, TCU's <laughs> got to kick their ass. Uh, Colorado at Arizona. Colorado, we've determined, is the worst team in Power Five. They're so bad that they make Arizona a seventeen and a half point favorite at home. Uh, over under fifty six here, Coach. I don't know what's worse that Colorado is this bad, or they're so bad that. Arizona is a 17 and a half point favorite. I mean, I think that's because the, they're bad too. That's the damning, most damning part about it. Oh, uh, this, I mean, this game's going to be hard to pick because these are two bad football teams, but now nah, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go with Arizona here. I mean, Colorado is pitiful um, and they will continue to be pitiful and Arizona will win by three touchdowns. Josh. I'm not sure they hit the, well, Arizona, <laughs> uh, well, Arizona is an, Really interesting two and two football team. They traveled to San Diego State and dominated the Aztecs in their debut of their brand new Spankin Stadium. Uh, no issues in that one, 38 to 20. Uh, then they hosted Mississippi State, tough SEC team. That one kind of went sideways on them. And they bounced back and beat the FCS heavyweight North Dakota State. Uh, and then they struggled with Cal. So the, the trend indicates that they go good, bad, good, bad. So they're due up to be good against a really bad team. I'm taking Wildcats to bear down and cover nice. this spread. All I know is I'm taking the over here. I think Arizona, <laughs> Arizona could score. We know they can score. Colorado put up a couple points. I think that, you know, I, I think McCown, they had something at least. They, they, they scored something, but also there's a good chance that Arizona scores 45 by themselves here. So I like the over here in this game. I like a lot of offense in, in this one as well. So uh, that is going to wrap up our spread formations. Uh, any last words before we finish out the show, Josh? Well, ending with Colorado, we mentioned McCown's son uh, playing for uh for colorado freshman getting getting the start uh not the only nfl legends son uh former northern iowa great hall of famer kurt warner his son ej warner uh starting now for temple they've had some offensive line issues so they they went with him to be their new starter because he's got the quickest release on the team uh looked kind of Decent in his first start at times against Rutgers and then against Massachusetts. Um, put up uh, some okay-ish numbers, some room to grow, uh, but they got the win. He had his first collegiate win. He's a freshman. Uh, Temple needs a quarterback, and being an Iowa homer, I hope Kurt Warner's son is their solution. So good luck, EJ. You got Memphis this week. Come on, Owls. All right. All right. Well, I All think, right. uh, Coach, anything from you? Uh, no. Go dogs as they take on Missouri. And, uh, Matt, we need a name for our uh, cornhole team uh, that we're going to take in my neighborhood cornhole tournament. Yeah, Coach and I are going uh, – Coach and I are in a cornhole tournament this weekend between the Wisconsin game and the Georgia game. So we will be uh, – we'll, we'll be cornholing it up. So. Corn, the great cornholios. 
So we will we will figure out a team and report back on that and our winnings. I don't know what we win, coach, but I I hope I have no clue what we win. I hope it's well. I I hope it's consumable. So um, yes. So we will report back on that next week. Um, And so uh, until then, on behalf of our own offensive coordinator, the coach Corey Burton here in Nashville, Tennessee, and our intrepid blogger from Big Ten Accounting, Josh Cook, up there in Chicago, Illinois. This is Matt Perkins in Nashville, Tennessee, saying so long and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. Goodbye. Have a great night. Have a great weekend. Stay classy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.